Well, good morning, church family. Today's sermon is entitled, Good News, Part 1, Better Than Bad News Any Day. So this is just part of a very short two-part series. We'll look at part two next week, but today is Good News, Part 1. Good news is only good because the other news isn't good. It's the contrast between light and darkness that makes us thankful for everything that is lit and bright and warm. As I look back on my life, I can recall numerous conversations that started like this. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Which would you like first? Now, I realize that there are different perspectives on this matter, but for me, I always wanted the bad news first. Give me the bad so that once I'm knocked down and brought low, then the good news can come and lift me back up. I'm also the kind of person that tries to save his um, best bite for last when I'm eating a meal. I work my way around the plate, starting with the food that I like least and save the best for last. So that when I get up from the table, when I get up from that meal, I can leave happy having that last, most flavorful bite still lingering on my tongue. So with that in mind, I'm going to open up today by talking about the bad news first. And the Bible is brutally honest about our real condition this bad news about our lostness and our darkness. It began in the garden where we sinned for the first time. God had given us all that we needed for happiness and to be fruitful, but it wasn't enough for us. We disobeyed God and ate from the tree that he told us to stay away from, and this was for our own good. But we didn't want to hear it. Genesis 3, 23 and 24 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. We got what we deserved. We reaped what we sowed. Yet it didn't take long for things to get even worse and to spiral out of control. Three chapters later, we read this. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It didn't take long for us to be completely consumed by sin and violence. Our minds and our hearts were focused on nothing but evil. That's what the verse says. We trusted ourselves instead of God, and things got bad. But should it come as a surprise? Jeremiah reminds us, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? 
Bad news indeed. And none of us are off the hook. We are all guilty as charged because, as Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, and there's a price to pay for that. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The news couldn't get any worse. We were the people sitting in darkness. But then, something happened. A great light dawned. Matthew 4.16 says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Through the darkness came light. And after the bad news, then the angel said to them, Luke 2.10, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. God kept his promise. Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The good news of the Father's unending, untiring affection for us is seen in everything Jesus did to bring us healing, joy, and abundance. Jesus is the proof of heaven's favor the certainty that we are still loved, have always been loved, and will always be loved. And this love is beautifully wide and abundant and inclusive. 1 John 2, 2, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. And God's goal is that we would accept and rejoice in this good news. 1 Timothy 2.4 Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. In Him, we learn the news we didn't know. That our lives can be free and fun and filled with meaning. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He is interceding for us. He is on our side. He knows you intimately better than you even know yourself. He knows all of your failures and shortcomings and terrible, grievous sins, yet he still chooses to love you. God didn't start loving you once you got clean. He's been loving you all along. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us 
and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us while we were still sinners, accepted us as we were, and gave us a new life in the Spirit. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Talk about good news. Grace headlines. Every day's edition. John 1, 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. This is God's message to you. Are you hearing it clearly? God wants you to embrace his good news. The good news that you are loved. You've always been and will always be loved. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. I talk to so many Christians who struggle with legalism because they don't understand this very good news. They don't understand that our good works are a result of God loving us, not a prerequisite to receive it. Legalism is destructive, and it causes us to take our eyes off God and place them upon ourselves. I love what Pastor Ty Gibson had to say. He puts it like this. Legalism is a subtle form of self-centeredness hiding behind a religious mask. It allows me to maintain my obsessions with myself while pretending it's all about God. Working for everything you have is the way of the world. Looking to yourself for salvation, for worth, for joy is the way of the world. This is how we were born, but it's not how we have to stay. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What a blessing it is to be renewed in Christ. Yet there is bad news all around us. Our history is full of it. Our current world setting is full of it. But are you hearing God's good news? The good news is that you are loved by God. The acceptance of this good news gives you freedom, freedom from guilt, freedom from legalism, freedom to live a life of trust, joy, and light. The exact life that God wants for you. This good news frees you to be honest with God. You can be honest with him about your doubt, your anger, your sadness, your fear, your frustrations, even your pain. God knows you intimately. Remember that. Yes, even with the bad parts, God chooses to still 
love you. Amen and amen. Now next week, we will look at part two of this short series. We will learn how this beautiful good news that we've learned about today can win souls to the kingdom of God. But until then, my dear friends, enjoy the news and bask in grace.